When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got Mortis. We got the world between worlds. We got the space whales. Like all of the really sort of crazy force concepts and lore. Dave Filoni was like, yeah, we're doing it. Season one of Ahsoka is in the books, but we are not done talking about Ahsoka because while we have been weighing in all season long here on the Dagobah Dispatch, there is one important voice we have not heard from all season long. And today that voice will no longer be silenced. Our former co-host Lauren Morgan is back and she has thoughts, lots of thoughts. Lauren will share the thoughts three things she loved most about Ahsoka, the TV series, as well as the three things that drove her crazy. We will get her list and then we will weigh in. Plus more of your thoughts on Ahsoka, courtesy of our Dagobah Dispatch Hotline. It's all coming up. I am Dalton Ross, joined as always by Devin Kogan. How you living, Devin? Hello, hello. I'm I'm living well. I'm just hanging out. I'm excited to uh, have a little bit of a reunion uh, this episode. It's it's pretty exciting. Always exciting to have Lauren back. Uh, we waited all season long, and we'll get to her in just a minute so she can share her thoughts. We really, I mean, we've had some text messages going back and forth with her, but like nothing crazy. Like I really don't know her fully formed thoughts on the show, but I know Lauren Morgan. I know how much she loves Ahsoka. And I know how much things can drive her crazy. So I feel, I feel like we're going to get both of those competing impulses uh, in just a little bit. Let's, let's do a little bit of housekeeping for just one second before we bring Lauren in. First off, just want to mention uh, Ahsoka is over, like I mentioned, but we're still talking about Ahsoka because this is sort of, think of it as like a bonus pod. We're getting Lauren's thoughts for all seasons. It's going to be tons of fun. Um, and then we'll go back to what we do when a, a Star Wars show is not on every single week, which is talking about uh, things, other things Star Wars, whatever we feel like. We go back in the vault. We'll talk about Ewok movies. Uh, we'll do uh, lists. We'll rank characters and lightsaber battles and things of that nature. We'll hit on all the Star Wars news coming out. So if you started listening to this during Ahsoka, rest assured, we've got plenty more Star Wars each and every week that we'll be doing till the next show, which will be Skeleton Crew. We don't know exactly when that's happening. I will also say this, if you just came to the show within the past two months, as I'm assuming some of you out there have, judging by how great our numbers are doing in terms of so many people listening, we really (laughs) appreciate that. Um, Go into our archives. We've got like a bazillion incredible interviews for you there. And some of them are for projects we've already seen, like The Mandalorian, but there's tons of interviews there with the cast and creators of The Acolyte, which hasn't even come on yet. So if you're looking for some Acolyte news, we got a bunch of Acolyte interviews in our archives, you can go look at. We've got a Skeleton Crew uh, interview with um, Jude Law and one of the creators. So go check that out. Look through our old episodes. Keep coming every week, and we'll be here with new Star Wars stuff. Uh, and after this week, we'll kind of put a bow on, on our Ahsoka coverage uh, for this season. So go check that out. All right. Um, speaking of which, 
poll results, Devin. Every week we put Drum a roll. poll up on the Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, you can go vote in a poll every week that we do. And the poll we did for uh, last week's finale was pretty simple. What grade do you give the Ahsoka finale? And your options were A, B, C, D, and F. I don't know like how many options you could, like I didn't get to put my favorite grade, which is a D minus. I always just love D minus. Like <laughs> I just didn't want to go F, yep. but they went D minus. I, I couldn't put that in there. I've given a few D minuses as an EW reviewer. Oh, a, There's been a couple movies that I've I've given a, a proud D minus. I also think D plus is a funny grade. Like I don't like again like. <laughs> You're like, it was garbage, but there's the plus. Yeah. There's got to be, there's like that one performance was great or something, you know, the great costumes it's like, or something. It, like it's that. almost like a, a, a participation trophy. It's like, yeah, but they tried. Yeah. Like, I feel bad. Like, they really did try. It's just not good. D plus. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, so here's how, how it shaked out. Very interesting, uh, Devin. Uh, 41% said they give the Ahsoka finale an A, an A grade. Wow. 29% said B, 19% okay. said C, 9% said D, and 0 said F. So um, it's interesting, Devin, to me, you gave it sort of a B, B minus. I was like B minus C plus for the finale. And if you're wondering our rationale for that grading, go listen to last week's podcast. And then, but I got the sense, Devin, that from most of the voicemail, and we had a lot of them last week, that people were kind of more in the C range to me, it seemed, but um, not to people that voted in our poll. Yeah, no, I, I've been talking to some friends and, and you know, following the, the chatter online. And I think, um, you know, the, the people really liked the finale. Um, and some people, I think, had, you know, some issues with it, similar to the ones that we talked about last week and ways we wish they would have um, wrapped things up differently. But, you know, I think overall... I don't know. I think generally people are really into the show. And I know I was really into the show and and am very delighted by it, especially compared to, um, I don't know, some of the other stuff that's been on television in the last couple of weeks. I had so much fun watching Ahsoka. Uh, so I'm 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 not mad about it. And again, I'm hoping that we have more in the in the pipeline coming down coming down the pipeline. We shall see. Uh all right. Um last thing I want to mention, um voicemails. Uh, we were going to, we, we yes. got one, we're going to, we got some, we're going to play a little bit later. Uh, just remember if you're have anything you want to weigh in on, on anything star Wars related, or if you want to react to something we said here again, be nice. Uh, you can always call <laughs> us at our hotline six, five, seven, seven, nine, nine, one, five, six, six. Just leave us a message by Monday morning. Cause sometimes we record on Mondays or Tuesdays. So leave us a message by then and we can, uh, react and put you on the podcast again, six, five, seven, Seven nine nine one five six six. Leave us your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, your compliments, if you want, whatever <laughs> you want to say. Uh, we do love compliments, and, and we'll uh, we'll get into it. All right. Uh, very excited to welcome someone back this week for a guest visit. She was part of our podcast for about a year as one of the hosts, and then in in a somewhat inexplicable move, our producer Sammy Junio abruptly fired her from the show. <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, I will state for the record that seemed like a bit of a rash move to me, but they are very impulsive. Uh, and, and look, in fairness, there had been some behind the scenes drama for a while. The situation <laughs> just became untenable. And Sammy dropped the hammer and dropped our guest this week as one of our hosts. But that guest is kind enough to not hold a grudge 
And as a result, Lauren Morgan joins us that week. Welcome back, Lauren. Burr, 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 burr. Hello, hello. Woo. And will you leave Sammy Junio alone? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Justice for Sammy. Yeah. Justice for Sammy. Just to clarify, I was not fired from the podcast. Listen, listen you guys, I went to another outlet. So I don't know what you guys have been floating this cover story that Sammy came up with that you had to leave for some other job. Leave Sammy alone. Like, I just don't know why we can't say the truth here on this podcast. All right. I feel like that's the subtitle of this podcast. It's like the Dagobah Dispatch, colon, leave Sammy Sammy alone. (laughs) Honestly, I like the attention. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Uh, All right. So Lauren, we we really haven't talked much. I mean, Lauren texts us every day the the crap she's buying on the Disney store, but... uh, I did get a new chopper. And there it is. See? Mm -hmm. So this is what? Chopper number three? Yeah, this is chopper number three. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's not. um, but so I, 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 you know, occasionally, um, we'll, we'll hit on something on a, so we really haven't talked about it a lot. So what I want you to do is we're going to start and you're going to tell us what you really love. Let me give you three things you can tell that you love the most about Ahsoka. Then we'll reset. We'll take our breaths. We'll maybe rehydrate. Uh, and then, uh, we'll get into the things that drove you crazy. Some of which I'm sure there were, we already know your husband's not a fan of witches. Uh, <laughs> But let's start with your number one thing here, Lauren, that you loved about Ahsoka, the TV series. Just for those of you that have started the pod before Lauren was here, Ahsoka probably dueling with Captain Rex for like her favorite Star Wars character ever, maybe. Mm -hmm. And hilariously, Lauren's sister like doesn't even know who Ahsoka is and like can't even pronounce (laughs) the name and is very like anti-Ahsoka. Funny enough, she really loved the show. So, well, yeah. Oh, good. She had no idea what some things were a lot of the times. Like, she had no idea that there were witches or anything like that. I had to try and explain the world between worlds, which is a very difficult thing to explain to someone. So, all sorts of things. But she did actually really enjoy the show. Good. I think she might have liked it more than I did at, at certain uh-oh. points. Yeah, uh-oh. yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. So, let, let's start with the good, Lauren. Tell me tell me the, the your number one point on that you loved about a of the TV series or think something you really dug about the show. Okay, so now as some of our longtime listeners know, before the show aired, I came on and I ranked all the Star Wars Rebels characters and I left poor Ezra Bridger in the last place. But I have to say, Iman As- As- uh, sorry, I just messed his name up. Iman Asfandi was phenomenal as Ezra Bridger. I really, really enjoyed him. The first meeting with him I thought was a little slightly anticlimactic, but him as Ezra. And I was like, oh, there's that lovable idiot. He was just immediately got who Ezra would be after being on a planet for 10 years. I honestly think he's one of the best translations to live action we've seen of the animated characters. I had no doubt that that was Ezra from the beginning. And I also, what I liked about him is I can't remember who wrote wrote this, but uh, back at the beginning of Ahsoka, uh, uh, an outlet, I don't believe it was EW wrote that the Star Wars shows have sort of a stoicism problem, that everyone is very stoic, like the Mandalorian stoic, Bo-Katan stoic, Boba Fett stoic. But what I loved about Ezra is that he brought an entirely different energy to it. He's heroic, but he's also just a complete goofball and he's really funny. And, and, And so I really just loved that it was just a complete different injection of energy and that he was very much not stoic, but he was just very much himself. And I just thought that he brought a really sort of lively presence to the show that was needed. So I really loved him. He was my my favorite thing so far out of the show. So it's interesting that um, 
but even you, because mm-hmm. Devin and I talked about it. We were both, I think even me, maybe I went a little harder than Devin did, uh, being underwhelmed by that introduction. Yeah. Uh, and that's really, we didn't get much of them that first. So after that first episode, were you kind of like, what are they doing with Ezra? Like, they, you know, there's a huge thing. Like, they wouldn't even confirm that they were going to find, we knew Thrawn was going to be found, but yeah. not Ezra. And like, then it was just kind of like leaning against that stupid you know, Nodi Mobile, like, hey, what's up? Like, what brought you? You come here often? Like, what? <laughs> I did think it was funny because someone on Twitter was like, of course, Ezra spent the last 10 years training the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, referring to the Nodi. <laughs> and I just, and I just, he is, he's Splinter. Yeah, he's pretty much became Splinter here. Uh, so, like, the first one, I thought, yeah, this was a little anticlimactic. But when I saw him, I was like, he's here. And it was really the next episode where he and Sabine are just kind of chilling as they're rolling along in that Nodi thing and and uh when she's like oh uh, ahsoka's training me and he's like wait why i didn't get that and then one of the scenes that i really loved in the finale was him building his lightsaber to resemble kanan's and that whole interaction he had with hu yang about kanan and stuff like that i think his introduction might not have been as good as it could have been and i do think the show should have explained him a little bit more because i really do think if you hadn't seen star wars rebels you probably were like who's this dude, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so I think that's sort of an overall greater flaw with the show. But I think his performance was so lively. And, you know, it made me want to see more of him and hope that if there's the season two or it's the Filoni movie or whatever it is, I'm hoping he has a nice big role in it. I would really like to see a scene of him and Palimoto just being chaotic together. So I just really, I thought it was a very winning performance from him. What did you think of his decision to keep his night trooper armor on for the entire trip <laughs> to the rebel cruiser to then walk down the ramp with it on and, and, not, and perhaps get shot by everyone? <laughs> well, one thing is we know that Ezra loves stealing stormtrooper armor and yes, running around do. in it. So as soon as he did that, I was like, oh, of course, this is lovable dope. And I, and I bet he was just like, he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll sort of surprise them, you know. And I was just like, at a certain point, when he came down the ramp, he should have taken it off. But I, did the fact that Chopper was like, this is my idiot look, this is my idiot. You guys, don't you recognize my idiot? He's right here. Why is so he I hugging anyone, Lauren? Why can't, can't he give Hera a hug for, for crying I out loud? I say I was really mad that he and Hera did not give a hug. I was like, what's going on? This is like basically her adopted son. We don't get a hug. You know, I mean, I was also like mad that we didn't get to see Jason, Sindula, and uh, Ezra interact yet. One problem I really did have uh, with the finale. It We're already like- getting into our hate list, Devin. We're actually, she couldn't help herself. <laughs> We're still at number you one. Know, yeah. I, never, I never stay on track. I just move around. Um, it just felt like it was part one of a finale. Like it felt like part two should have happened. And the fact that it didn't, it just did feel sort of incomplete. But I'll get into more of that when we're talking about the things I did not like. But he, number one was Ezra. And so I'll move on to my number two. Oh, second. Devin, anything you, I mean, we already sort of went in deep on, on this, but anything you want to add to that, Devin, about uh, Ezra Bridger? No, I just really, I totally agree. I really love Amanis Fondi's performance. I think that, um, you know, this is a character who like, 
if you haven't watched Rebels, you kind of got to be like, okay, then why would Sabine like sacrifice everything and literally go to another galaxy just to save this guy? And like you meet him and you're like, oh, because he's delightful and funny and weird and brave and smart and all of these things. And you kind of have to immediately fall in love with him for this story to work. And I think, um, you know, his performance is so great and really, really sells that. And I think without that performance, like the story doesn't work. Um, and so I think that's that's what really, really elevates it. So I'm, I'm totally, totally on board with you on all of all points. And I, I'm assuming that we'll talk more about just sort of the finale in general, Lauren, you started to touch on that as you delved deeper into your did not like list, but we can, we can pick that up a little bit later. All right. So near number two, so number one thing, Esma, uh, Eman, what is his name? I can't Eman Esfandi. I knew his name until you started Eman messing Esfandi, it up. Esfandi, yeah. Uh, as Ezra Bridger is number one on Lauren Morgan's list of things that she loved about Ahsoka, the TV series. What do we got at number two? David Tennant as Hu Yang. And I will yes. say, I will say, I have been a longtime David Tennant fan. He is my doctor. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. So every time you guys were talking about David Tennant and you were trying to bust on him, Dalton. I didn't bust on him. I think he's great. I think he's great. I'm just saying. He's you know. better than K2SO. Okay. You've gone too far. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, Thank that you, does Lauren. it for Lauren this Morgan is- this week. <laughs> Thanks for being with us, Lauren. Sammy, you made the right decision. Sa- Team Sammy on this one. <laughs> No, solidarity with Lauren yeah. here. Thank you for coming back and proving me right. Yeah. First of all, the I know that they they took the character design from what was in the Clone Wars, but I just thought this he looked fantastic. Just the design, the live action design looked amazing. I want to know how they created this thing. Was the set like a live action? I'm like fascinated by the the droid design. I thought it was a beautiful droid design. I think it's one of the best ones they've done recently. But I also just think his vocal performance. I mean, he's obviously an extremely talented actor. And I think he just, as I was saying, like everybody else was a little too stoic and he was just injecting a lot of dry wit that was very needed at the time. And I I liked the idea that he had such a history with the Jedi. So it's like he had trained Anakin. He had taught Anakin to build his lightsaber. He had like, you know, he had trained Kanan. He knew so much about the Jedi. And even when he's like, yes, Sabine's not really talented in terms of having any force ability. But, you know, I just thought he was like just sort of welcome levity there and just sort of someone for Ahsoka to sort of bounce off of in that time when she's stuck in the space whale. We, we know Devin's going to co-sign everything you said. Here, mm-hmm. Here's my question. And you you can leave us a voicemail if you know the answers, because it's like a semi-serious question. Like, has there been any like explanation done as to like personality chips in droids in the Star yeah. Wars universe? Because K2SO, the explanation is, which I think is a good one, is he was an Imperial droid. We changed him over, but it went a little wonky when we did that. So that's why he is this way, right? Like, why is C-3PO fussy? Why is K2SO can, you know, definitely has some personality to him, right? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. yeah, Chopper. Why like, is Chopper a war criminal? You don't, you know, he's just... Has there been any explanation? Because I'm unaware of one as to like why these droids all have personalities. I think some of it is like, in, there's some individual explanations like L3, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's droid in Solo. The idea is that she's sort of assembled herself and so she has much more of a personality because she has much more agency over like constructing her own body. Um, someone like Hu Yang, I mean, the, the sense that he's been around for literally centuries, um, you know, you start to develop a personality as opposed to, I'm sure if you're a, you know, a droid who's only a year old or fresh off the factory line or whatever. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure, you know, more complicated droids have like, you know, are more likely to develop personalities. Like if you're a protocol droid, you probably, you're just more fussy, you know, fussy than a mouse droid, you know, uh, just because you have more complicated personality. But yeah, I'm curious, like, and I think some of it's just sort of like individual and, and I feel like, was there something about like, if you get multiple memory wipes that can like sort of mess with yeah, your, you, I, get, I feel you like get I read that somewhere. Memory or, wipes. I mean, and I think both. Yeah. R2 and C3PO did have a memory wipe because I don't yes. think either of them, yeah, either of them remember yeah. that they were had anything to do with Anakin or Padme. I still think it's strange that Anakin built C3PO. 3PO was fussy from the good. Now, granted, he yeah. was created by a Dark Lord of the Sith. So, you know, like. <laughs> I still don't understand. Like, it, it made more sense for, like, Anakin to create R2 and, like, for, you know, C3PO just to have been an Alderaan protocol droid. But these are other things that we can't talk about right now. Look, I feel like Anakin, he got some some bargain chip, you know, <laughs> because he was like nine years old and had no money. So he was like, sure, I'll take what I can get. I'll and he just got some droid. some chip yeah. for like some fussy British butler <laughs> and was like, great, this is what we got. He wasn't made of the most expensive. <laughs> Probably parts. not. Let's just say that. Yeah, fair enough. But look how far he rose. So there you Seriously, go. Seriously, yes. there you go. Anyway, um, but I really did enjoy Hu Yang, and I love David Tennant, and I'm very much looking forward to his return as Doctor Who. So <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. F- fair warning, Dalton. This might turn into a Doctor Who podcast. We might <laughs> it's already a David Tennant podcast. <laughs> I mean, trust me. Anyway, so well, this is interesting because I, I asked for three things that Lauren loves about uh, loved about the show, and, and two are sort of... Um, you know, characters and acting performance. We haven't really talked about. She hasn't got anything like plot-wise, this or that, or anything about story. My next one story. is sort of plot wine, okay. and then I, I have an honorary mention. Of course, um, she does. of right. course, I do. So, one thing that I really did enjoy about the show was how weird it was willing to be. Like, we got Mortis, we got the world between worlds, we got the space whales, like all of the really sort of crazy force concepts and lore. Dave Filoni was like, yeah, we're doing it. Instead of like trying thinking this might weird some of the mainstream Star Wars fans out. He's like, nope, we're doing it all. And I was like, yes. So, I, you know, just like the whole scene when, you know, Ahsoka uh, is catching the Purgles uh, as a, for a ride to per- Peridia or Perdia. What is I? Peridia? Peridia. 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 See, every time sure. you mess something up, then <laughs> I, I mess it up. I'm sorry. I just like, because it's like, I've just been reading things and I haven't been saying them. So this yeah, is my no, first time you. saying these things. I also didn't like that you went Purgles. Purgles. For the plural, for the plural, oh, sorry, the purgles. The Stop trying to make like, Purgle happen. It's no, it's the Purgles. Yeah, it's Purgle. No, it's it ends Purgle with a consonant, so it's the plural. Yeah. Is with it's, an it's, S. it's the poll this week. You don't it's go the, it's the, the whale. Week. What I mean, is the plural the of Purgle? Purgle or Purgles is this week's poll. We're doing it. <laughs> anyway, so I just like when they were just taking off, and it was just like a whole entire sky full of uh, space whales. I'll call them to, okay. to uh, you know. Actually, the plural is space whale. <laughs> space whale. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I'm like, this is so weird. I love it. And just like when they, when she woke up in the world between worlds and the whole, uh, the, all the whole episode with Anakin, which honestly, that was my favorite episode. Cause Rex was but, in it. Uh, yes. Well, you know, but not enough Rex, but I loved how weird they were willing to go and where it's like, Andor is super realistic and gritty and, you know, about fascism. And this is like, we're just going to get very, very weird. And I really did enjoy that. And I thought that was the parts of the shows that I really did enjoy. So th- that, that's my third favorite part. Well, as part of that, and you can defer your answer if this is going to be part of your next list. Um, yeah. We can get to it later. But like, we know your husband. 
Not a fan of the uh, witches of Dathomir. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan of that. Like, why are there witches all of a sudden in in, in Star Wars? And I I, I get it. I get it. If people are not familiar with some of these other Star Wars properties and knowing that they're part of that world, they, they could be thrown. Did he, I mean, the witches, like they doubled down on witches. By the yeah, end no, of this. He, so, he's did, still, he like will leave the house and like after he saw the finale, before he closed the door, he's like, witches are dumb and closed the door on me. Um, I really did enjoy the witches of Dathomir when like when Morgan Elsbeth said she was related to them. I was like, really? That, like that made her much more fascinating to me. I was all in on the witches of Dathomir because I, I just really enjoyed them on the Clone Wars. Uh, and I think they're just kind of a fascinating kind of group. And, and it introduces a whole sort of section of lore into Star Wars that you didn't know that there was this sort of magic and, you know, outside of the Jedis and their force abilities and things of that sort. So I really liked it, but I, I'm also like, I, I do it like fantasy. So, you know, that, that kind of goes right into my. So does your husband room. understand like Thrawn's ship hovering right, right on the atmosphere of Dathomir? Does he understand what that means? And when, when the story picks no. up, like it's just going <laughs> to be so. all witches all the time. Does he understand <laughs> That's that? That's like the thing is like my husband really hasn't watched the Clone Wars. He's watched a little bit of Star Wars Rebels, but I've mentioned before my daughter controls our television. So when she doesn't want to watch something, we don't get to watch it. So he's seen like parts of of Star Wars Rebels. So he hasn't sort of seen the whole thing. He hasn't watched the Clone Wars and stuff like that. So it's been interesting to talk to both him and my sister who haven't watched these things and seen their reaction. And he was much more eh on the show. Whereas my sister was like, this is amazing. There were witches and all of this kind of stuff. So they were kind of like my test case for people. Because it's like, I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm really into this, but I don't know if, you know, people who haven't watched all, put all this time into watching these shows would be into it. All right, so you liked Ezra, mm-hmm. you liked Hu Yang, and you liked how weird the show went and took some sort of big swings and didn't stick to like, you know, maybe your typical Star Wars live action formula mm-hmm. with some of these other elements they brought in. Um, that is Lauren's list of the three th- uh, things she loved about Ahsoka. Uh, she's told us what she loved. Next, she's going to tell us what drove her cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when it comes to this show. And that is coming up right after this quick break. All right, we've talked about the good. Now let's talk about the not so good, at least uh, in the bespeckled eyes of Lauren Morgan. Uh, When it comes to Ahsoka, our former co-host is back. She's talked about the things she liked on the show, which was Ezra, Hu Yang, and just how weird it got sometimes with things like the world between worlds and things of that nature. Now, Lauren, it's time for your list of the three things that drove you crazy. She's already warned us she could not contain it to three things. Uh, I'll be honest, this is the list I'm more interested in hearing. <laughs> I think this will be the list that's more entertaining for people to listen to. Uh, so, Wait, so hit us. Dalton is an agent yeah. of chaos. Yes, he is. I'm your well, chopper. First thing I did want to say, honorable mention on the thing I did, like I really did enjoy uh, Hayden Christensen coming back as Anakin. I, I did enjoy like that scene of him in the world between worlds and when Ariana Greenblatt was in. I, I thought that was great. And as Devin had mentioned before, how he kind of incorporated Matt Lanter's performance from the Clone Wars into what he did. Uh, I thought that was really great. So I just want to say shout out to Hayden Christensen. 
I really enjoyed having him back for this. So then, let, 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 again, defer your answer if it's one of your list of things you didn't like, but I was really did not like the last shot of him. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said, but I just thought you can't end on that beat, especially after you end Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon Force Ghost was the last thing on Obi-Wan. How'd you feel about that as literally the last the beat? One the one thing season. about the Force Ghost was it was like, when they just seemed like he was trapped in the world between worlds, I was like, oh, okay, so this is why... He isn't paying attention to his grandson being tormented by the ghost of Palpatine or whatever the hell that is. So when he showed up as the force ghost, I was like, I was like, don't you think you should go visit Ben Solo? Like, don't you want to warn him about this? Like, so what's going on here? So that was the reason I didn't particularly like the force ghost. Cause like, and the fact that he never showed up in the sequel trilogy at all, where you're like, I mean, it's just like, was Palpatine blocking him or like, giving giving Luke a heads up. Hey, guess what? I thought I killed Palpatine, but I don't think I did. You know, so it's like all of this. So so that was like him showing up. I was like, if he was sort of in the world between worlds doing weird war stuff. Okay, but like when he's out in the, and I know we saw him in Return of the Jedi and all that kind of stuff. Um, So we do know he has a force ghost, but like his complete lack of a force ghost in the sequel trilogy was always like, shouldn't Anakin be around? Like, do you think they, do you think they talk about that stuff? Like when they decide, all right, we're going to have Anakin show up as a force yeah. ghost here. Do you think they like, that is even a conversation that happens in the writer's room? I'm sure there is like the Lucasfilm has talked about this. I'm sure this is some sort of dis- uh, d- uh, discussion in the, in the story group. I know that, you know, sometime force ghosts, they like, they, they stay for a while, but then they go back into the, the cosmic force, I believe. Uh, or the living force. I can't remember which one it is. So I know it's like, they're not sort of permanent resident, you know, permanent things. So I just didn't know like, okay, so Anakin's around for this. He saw Ahsoka off and then he just, you know, skedaddled off into the force. Peace out. Uh, Peace out. So I'm just like, Anakin, shouldn't you warn your family about what's going on with this? Like, you know, Devin, this is so great. This wasn't even on her list of things she no, didn't like. You see how I got her going? No, see how yeah, I stirred the wait, pot yeah. there? <laughs> you were like, how can I get Rise of Skywalker into this? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Knowing that that's one of Lauren's that, triggers. But I was like, I was like, shouldn't I get around? Anyway. No, but no, but it's true. I every time I there's that line, the great line in the sequel trilogy where um, Kylo Ren's like, "I feel it, the call to the light," and you just know Anakin's on the other line, being like, "Yeah, pick yeah. up, I'm trying what to like, get doing? through to you." But it's like that's me. The whole thing about like you know uh, uh, Qui Gon being blocked from Obi Wan. After that, I was like, okay, so someone must be blocking Anakin from getting to to, to Ben. So I'm just sort of like, okay, I'll, I'll assume something is going on here with uh anakin not being able to, but do you think anakin would be able to get to luke anyway all right let's get to let's get, to, let's get can we get to the uh, yeah, yeah, so so all right yeah give me your number one thing that drove you crazy about ahsoka i really did not think that sabine needed to be a jedi i Ooh. really just when the show started and they were saying that like sabine was being trained as her apprentice and i was just like why sabine has so much else going on as a character like why I just felt that like sticking Sabine and that apprentice role, I just didn't think worked. You know, I love Sabine. I love Natasha Lubadizo. I just didn't think the whole Jedi thing worked. And I really felt like her scenes with Ahsoka were really stilted. And and the other thing is one issue I did have with the finale was when Hu Yang was explaining why Ahsoka stopped training Sabine. I'm like, I needed that information a little bit earlier. Like, and the other thing is, this is where having watched Star Wars Rebels interfered because like when the show started, I was like, 
these two like barely know each other. They did not interact a lot on the on Star Wars Rebels. These characters don't have a history yet. And so I, I really felt like that information needed to come in earlier. So I just feel, I really didn't feel like that whole thing worked. I didn't have a problem with that information coming later in the sense that it was sort of like the mystery of like, why did she, you know, yeah. stop training? And then they're they're giving you that answer. But we talked about this a little bit on the pod. And, and I told Devin that I do have an I- issue when suddenly everyone has special powers. Like, yeah. you know, like we talked about that show Heroes or even like the normal people that weren't has special powers by like season two, they also somehow had gotten powers. And you're yeah. like, all of a sudden now Finn maybe has the force. And yeah. now, you know, this person has the force and that person's force sensitive. I am a little, no pun intended, sensitive to that. So <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it as first either, Lauren. And I made mm-hmm. kind of a mental note of that. Like, did did she need that? Like she, yeah. Sabine did not need that. But I guess they felt they needed it to force a connection. If Sabine was going to be their second lead on the show, as Devin said, she pretty much is. They needed to strengthen that connection. I guess that's the way they decided to do it. Devin, what did you think of, of Sabine getting force powers? Yeah, I think from a story perspective, I think it's almost more inter- like I'm less interested in Sabine as an apprentice. And I think it's I'm more interested in the idea of Ahsoka being a Jedi master and taking on an apprentice because it's like that's the part of the story that I'm assuming the writers were most interested in, um, you know, because it's it's a really interesting parallel where, you know, you see her taking on a teaching role just as she's sort of starting to reckon with her relationship with her master, Anakin Skywalker. And so I think that part to me is really interesting. I love the idea of like, what does Ahsoka look like as a teacher? What does she look like? taking on a Padawan. I agree that, yeah, like it seems a little forced, you know, with no pun intended again with, with Sabine. Um, I really liked Natasha Lupardizzo's performance. I really liked, you know, kind of the elements of, you know, her sort of embracing being a Mandalorian and the elements of being a Jedi and like, which led to some really incredible fight scenes and, and elements I really loved there. Um, I think it worked out. It wouldn't have been like, you know, the story choice I would have made if I was in charge, um, which thank God I'm not. But uh, again, I, I think, you know, that that is like Lauren said, that is a character who already has so much going on and already so much history that, um, you know, maybe maybe was a little unnecessary. But like I said, I'm more interested in le- I'm, I'm more interested in specifically like the role of Ahsoka taking on the role of like a master. Yeah, a I mean, and I did like the this whole thing of uh, uh, Ahsoka having to wrestle with Anakin as her master. And even that moment when she's like, he was a good master. Uh, that's why I really did feel like that episode where Hayden Christians came back and they were in the world between worlds. I really felt like that helped Rosario Dawson click into the character because before that, I was like, this doesn't feel like Ahsoka to me. This is not the character that I'm used to. And it was really kind of then and where she kind of became lighter and got less self-serious and stuff like that. I felt like that episode was really important because she started to make more sense to me. And, and she's one of my favorite characters. So it was really kind of yeah. a little bit like, well, you know. So, so two interesting things there. First of all, on the Sabine front, in terms of her being a Jedi, and this is something we talked about also on the pod, the one thing like, I don't necessarily need to see another Jedi being trained. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that on Star Wars, yeah. both animated and live action don't need to, and like i understand it was a callback to a new hope or like when she's training with the remotes i was like i just if you're gonna yeah, I didn't need she, to see that yeah if you're gonna see jedi training make it original make it different i don't need to see the same thing as far as ahsoka we really haven't talked a lot about that this lauren but i felt the same thing like watching rosario dawson who we all love and it's like great casting and but it definitely didn't feel like the animated character and you know, Ahsoka fan-made character, and I realize she's very young when she starts, but very yeah. impulsive, 
very sort of cheeky, very, yeah, very quick witted. Like there's a reason witted. why she was called Snips. Right. And I was just like, I was like, where's this part of Ahsoka? Right. So, like, you know. Right. It, so Rosario it, Dawson was very thoughtful, very measured. I think it was Sepinwall that said, like, does everyone have to like have like 10 seconds of silence before yeah. they speak? And, th- and then is, have silence yeah. in between yeah. every word that they speak. That's not Ahsoka. So what I did, Lauren, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but like I sort of just chalked it up to She's older. She's been through yeah. a lot. You know, she's like her master turned and, to the dark side. Like she's just a different person because yeah. she is a different person. Meaning like it's not the same character character wise that we saw on the animated shows. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was something that I thought. And and also what I thought that was interesting in the world between worlds when it was Ariana Greenblatt playing uh, Ahsoka, which I was just like, you realize Oh, she was a baby. Like she kicked Maul's ass when she was a baby girl. She was really young at the time. And so there is that sort of, you know, she has grown older and that kind of stuff. But this goes into my next uh, thing I didn't like was dialogue delivery. Dialogue delivery. You know, there's always the joke about the only thing George Lucas would direct was faster and more intense. Everybody needed to go faster and more intense in the show. Like it was like literally the pauses of everything. And it's like, and that's why I was, I really did like Iman Asfandi when he comes, he came on because he would at least hop on the dialogue. And there were so pauses here. And I'm just like, come on guys, you gotta go a little bit faster here. And so I think that was sort of like, there was a sort of like a portentousness in the dialogue delivery where I was like, and, and, and you know, it's a flaw of both editing and direction where you just have to be like, guys, come on, you're fighting Thrawn. Everybody got to be a little bit more urgent here. Like, so that, that kind of drove me nuts while I was watching. I can understand Ahsoka being a little bit more measured, but like the whole Star Wars Rebel crew was very snappy, very quick with it. So I was just kind of as like, Everybody got to got to start speaking. What is this faster, voice guys. you keep doing? What is it? You sound <laughs> like, you like, know, like 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 is that like that, the that emperor or something? Pain, like, like that is like my a, pain a voice. Like you guys <laughs> need to like you know, is maybe it's my zombie death trooper voice, but yeah. it's basically just like you know, you guys are going really. Slow. You're doing the voice again. What yeah, that? <laughs> that, that's basically like when Nick is driving in the car and he's going too slow. I'm like, you're going really slow, go faster. <laughs> um, you know, so that that's my go faster voice. Um, so that that really bothered me where I was just like, guys, come on, come on. And this is, I think, goes into the stoicism problem, too. Where And, and this is something that has happened on the man. And that when I thought back on it, I was like, yeah, this did happen on the Mandalorian. And this did happen in Book of Boba Fett. Everybody, come on, start speaking like, you know, human beings. Like you, you, you jump on your dialogue here. Well, you so can't jump on it like, too much, right? Like, so, so like, Devin, you don't want Gilmore Girls. No, right? you, or like Mrs. Maisel. But, you don't want that where it's just completely but, unrealistic, but... It, but but There's dialogue a... should sound conversational. Yes. And that's like where, and that's like, I think in Andor it was, it sounded more conversational. Like, you know, there, I mean, you are, it's a fantasy space opera kind of a thing, you know? So it's not going to be like, you know, you're, it's not going to be like you're in a Martin Scorsese movie, but you know, it's it, it just like, I think that so kind what... of held a lot of people back from it. Cause it was just like this. Let's go let, yeah. really slow, you know? Well, she, she changed her voice that time. Devin, yeah. what do you, <laughs> what do you think about, let's call it dialogue pacing? What did you think of that in the show? Um, I felt similarly to Lauren. I also noticed the, it, it's very, it, it was very slow. There were long pauses. Um, it was very much one character would speak another character yeah. would speak and it was and and sometimes that works for dramatic effect and there are certain scenes where that felt very natural and very you know um very 
kind of fitting. Um, but then there are other scenes where I'm like, this didn't quite, I, I, I don't know. I, I think when it, when it starts to make like, the entire show feel like that, it's sort of, you know, you lose a little bit. I think dialogue is at its most effective is when you have a little bit of a balance. You have those moments where they are, you know, you pause for emphasis and they are a little more slow. And then you have those moments where it's just a little bit more conversational or, you know, you're in the middle of an action scene and things are moving quicker. Um, I think it works specifically for, that's something we see a lot like in the bad guys, specifically like Imperial officers. You know, Thrawn obviously is going to be someone who's very mm-hmm. measured with his words. And, you know, like him meeting with the um, the grandmothers, like these are people who are very much, um, you know, around ritual. And, and it's like a very kind of, high meeting and then it's them speaking very you know emphatically whereas you know when it's just you know Hera having a conversation with you know some of the rebels um that's not necessarily does does need that sort of pacing so I agree that's that's also something I noticed about this show and um it sort of also stood out to me a little bit so I'm glad glad Lauren brought it up yeah I think it worked I think it worked I, I agree with what Devin just said I think it worked better for like Balin then maybe then yes. yeah i was gonna say like Soka. you know and also it's just sort of like ray stevenson who i loved has had such presence and such gravitas that for him when he was speaking you're like i will listen to this man say shakespeare yep. like that you know and that kind of stuff so it kind of works for certain characters but people like sabine and and as like well, they just have to be quippier like and you gotta have the dialogue to back it up like what yeah. you're saying if you're gonna like pause for some really like you know, dramatic statement, it better be interesting and dramatic. And that, that yeah, was not Yeah, and I just case. generally didn't think the dialogue in the show was as good as it could have been. Like, some of it just did feel first draft to me. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of overall. Well, that's a Star Wars tradition, that. Lauren. That is, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's a throw call. I don't callback. know, but I honestly, I mean, if you think about, like, you know, and Andor, and I had some issues with Andor as well. I'm not going to just go, like, oh, Andor was great and everything else is terrible, like, like some people online. Um, but like when you think about like Luthen's speech and how compelling that was, it's like the dialogue could be better. Like it doesn't have to like be be so simplistic. So anyway, I'm going to move on to my next thing. All right, number three on Lauren's list of the, of the things that drove her crazy about Ahsoka. Not explaining what Balin's motivation was, and she's hitting is, the desk. Do you yes, hear that? Like <laughs> this is this is also just sadly complicated by the fact that Ray Stevenson died, and so now we're just left with this very incomplete story. Whereas, like, we don't know what he was doing. We don't, and it's like, and we don't have the actor to redo it. So it's like, you know, they're gonna if they're gonna recast it, or it's gonna have to do something else. But I just feel like they should have like made it clear what his motivation was sometime within this thing. Like, you know, I mean, and I, I mean, I was fascinated when it's like he showed up on the Mortis gods and it, and then I was kind of just like, well, is this part of like the Mortis realm? Like, does this mean this, this will be some way that Sabine and Ahsoka will get back to their right galaxy because this is, there's some kind of ethereal realm here that they can travel through. So that part of it made it very, uh, very fascinating to me, but I'm just like that, that was just, I think like a major mistake. And I, and I, I assume that they they realize it now since Ray Stevenson died um, and, and probably wish that they had done something a little bit more. But it just felt so incomplete knowing what happened to the actor. Lauren, I mean, you've been listening to the podcast, at least I hope mm-hmm. you have been. And yes. you know that Dev and I love this story all the way through. We thought it was the most interesting thing. And going into the finale, oh, we yeah. said that the one thing we really want to know, like I'd rather get closure on is what's happening in this story. And they didn't give it to us. Yeah. And then Lauren, if you're not someone that's watched The Clone Wars, 
that statue he's standing on yeah, means you'd have nothing. No to you. idea who. I, like I had to explain nothing. it to my sister, and at first I noticed the statue, but I didn't kind of notice that the sun and it was like right. part of the. So at first I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting statue," and then I was like, "Oh, that was the father." Like, and I like I it didn't like cotton to me uh, immediately, and I don't know if they had had the daughter that I would have been like, "Oh, there we go." But like right. at the like there was something like that, but it was just like if you don't know anything about that storyline and I loved the Morita storyline in, in Clone Wars. And so that made it interesting to me. But if you don't know that storyline and you've been given this very incomplete story with Balin, I would be super frustrated. Uh, so that's, I was just really mad about that. And then just, you know, uh, just the fact that, you know, Ray Stevenson isn't there to complete it. And I loved his character. I loved the performance he was giving. Like, I just was like, I want to know more about this character. I want to, like, I just didn't feel like we got enough of him. I thought Shin was a really interesting Shin character. Hottie. And that's where, I, like, I got annoyed. I felt like the first two episodes were kind of, like, the Star Wars shows have been starting very slow. And I really just don't know that we needed those first two episodes just to get to what was the coda of Star Wars Rebels. I would have rather taken those two episodes and done more with Balin and Shin and Andor started slow. And like all of these, you know, it's like, you guys got to get into the story a little bit quicker because it's like Mandalorian it's feeling, season yeah. three started slow. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's also like the Mandalorian season three should have started in the book of Boba I Fett. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Like, yeah, Lord, you know. I didn't have any problems with the with the first two episodes pacing of Ahsoka. Yeah. I I thought I was really happy generally with the entire season until the finale, because I assumed we were getting more from the finale. Uh, yeah, you know, and not just. I mean, like I said, Ahsoka and Thrawn were never in the same room together. The entire yeah, season. that's, you know, not just sort of like it, it felt like they were trying to like forestall a lot of like when they were trying to get to Thrawn and they're just traveling super slow with the Nodi. And I'm just like, you guys, you're trying to get to Thrawn. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, so it was like a lot of stuff where I was like the pacing just seemed strangely off in, in spots. Um, so I, I just sort of felt like it did feel like the finale to me was really just sort of part one and like, and the fact that they haven't said, okay, there's going to be a second season or, you know, or this is like, I really hope there's a second season. We can get more into it because I don't think this should go directly into the movie. Uh, cause I just feel like that's, that's, a, that's like, that's putting the cart before that's like making the justice league before you've gotten invested in the rest of the justice league, like DC did. All right. Well, let yeah. me, this is a really dangerous question I'm about to ask you, but mm-hmm. is there anything else that drove you crazy about Ahsoka? <laughs> before we get to our voicemail, <laughs> is there anything else you want to touch do on? I have a fair oh my amount God, more. She has like a whole notebook. I, I do she have a list. Obviously not enough chopper. I did really enjoy that. That was my favorite part of the second episode was that whole back and forth with Chopper and, you know, with Hera when they're, when they're chasing after the, the hyperdrive. And he was like, why can't I drop things, things on a, an entire thing of people? Like, what's the problem with that? And I was like, there's my, my the war criminal I know and love. Uh, obviously, I wish we had seen Zeb. I, yep. I kind of understand why we might not, because having Zeb in live action is probably a very expensive thing. But I do kind of feel like maybe you could have taken him out of the Mandalorian and put him in here so it might have made more sense um those are kind of like my my main my main things that i i had some issues with i did like lars mickelson as thron i know that there were some complaints about him online which i thought was kind of insane um you know i i have complained about the eyes before uh 
but you know, the makeup with the the crazy uh, contacts that we had on, on some of the characters, strangely for Ezra, didn't bother me. Hera's, I'm like, you got to dial that back a little bit. Maybe let's go for like an olive green or a darker green. <laughs> that like that. I can't do the eye discussion again. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. No. I can't go through it again. I'm not going to do it. It's. I'm just happy that I'm. I'm not the only no, one. No, no. There, there were sorry. I was like, I was like, I know you're trying to be accurate, but sometimes you just got to be like, you know, yeah. Harry Potter just has blue eyes because so does Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> you know, and Daenerys Targaryen, she's just going to have blue eyes. Like that's like you know yeah. instead of purple. So. There's certain things when you got to do that kind of stuff. Well, we 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 did get. We're gonna we're gonna let you stay here for a voicemail here, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Now that you've uh, is that is the list over? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Is there no, anything no, else no, you want to rail against? Well, okay, that was I can let you go. It. That All was right, it. no, no. Um, we always encourage you guys leave us a voicemail uh, with your thoughts on uh, anything in the Star Wars galaxy or anything that we're talking about in Star Wars. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything we're talking about though. If there's something else you want our take on, you want to ask us a question or. Anything, you can do so at 657-799-1566. That's 657-799-1566. And Sammy, what do we got today? Our voicemail this week is from our friend Kimberly calling back with some general thoughts about Ahsoka and Andor. Hello again, Dalton and Devin. This is Kimberly from Colorado. And thank you for responding to my last voicemail. I hope this, this message is in time for your next podcast with Lauren. In a previous episode, you mentioned that there have been a lot of people comparing Ahsoka to Andor online and how you felt that that was unfair. And while I do agree to a certain extent in that Andor is more a political thriller and Ahsoka is more a fantasy drama, but I do think that one of the things that made Andor so great for me at least wasn't its genre, but it was the fact that its main priority was clearly telling its own story with its own characters. It was also completely accessible to viewers, regardless of how much previous Star Wars they had watched or hadn't watched. And Ahsoka was way more interested, it seems, in setting up just what comes next and actually telling a good story with these characters. And I think all the characters, both returning and new characters, suffered for it. It also made me feel, as someone who hasn't seen all of the animated shows, even though I have seen all of Rebels, feel kind of left out. Like, this wasn't for me, me, because I, I haven't seen everything that that Star Wars has has ever produced. And I think that's a, well, I guess I say if Star Wars wants to survive, it needs to be expanding its audience, not shrinking it. That's all I got. Bye. Really interesting. And this is the question that Devin and I were asking all season long, is that will non-Rebels viewers enjoy the show or feel a little left out? And Lauren, you're not the you're not the right person to ask that. No, but I mean, this is this is a question that I had with Ahsoka the entire time because, like, I you know, as as much as I said, like, I like the space whales and I like the world between worlds and that all that sort of stuff. And as like someone who has watched all that stuff, I felt very rewarded for doing that. But I was just like, yeah, like, uh, you know, this is going to be super confusing for people who haven't watched it. And in some respects, I felt like this was smacking of a, a bit of the issues that are plaguing the mcu right now where it's like you feel like you have to watch so much to just watch one of these M- mcu things like there's 30 movies and now there's all these disney plus shows and it's at a certain point you're like this is just too much to have to follow uh so i, I can really understand where it's like yeah this is and, and the, the thing with star wars it is telling one long continuous story starting from now the high republic through like you know through now through the sequels i mean this is one story and one universe and that and 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 so if you know all of that stuff you're rewarded for it 
but I mean, the casual viewers, like, you know, they also need to keep the casual viewers interested. And I think that's sort of something where they fell down on the job on this one. I can't tell you how confused I was. I went to see the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I'm like, wait, Star-Lord and Mantis are brother and sister? Like, is it oh, just because I, no I, I, I hadn't watched a that. stupid Christmas special? I didn't know that. Like, I have to watch Christmas okay. specials now, yeah. Devin? I will say the Christmas special is delightful. Um, <laughs> and it features them kidnapping Kevin Bacon, yeah. the actual actor, Kevin Bacon. Um, so, yeah, no, but this is something I've also thought a lot about as someone who thinks a lot about Marvel and, and the MCU. And and I think, I, I hope we get to the point, and I, I, I think that we're getting there, and this is something I brought up last week um, on last week's episode, is that I think there should be room for things like Andor and things like Ahsoka. Yeah. There should be room for things that, like the, the more down-to-earth, um, sort of more grounded political thrillers like Andor, and there should be something with the trippy space whales and wizards. And, and the young uh, Jedi adventure for the tiny Star Wars fans. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think ideally you want to get to a place where there is room for everything. So if you, and it's the same thing with like the books and the comics and the expanded media. Um, if you want to pick that up, great. If you don't, that's okay too. It should never feel like homework. Like yeah. you have to consume one piece of media in order to understand another. And I think uh, I, Andor gets a little bit of a pass because we know how it's going to end. We know that it's going to be two seasons. We know that season two is going to be, you know, just the years leading up to the events of Rogue One. They have, we know how that story is going to end. With Ahsoka, it's a little harder to kind of know where it's going to go. Is it going to get a season two? Is it going to end with this Filoni movie? Are we going to see these characters pop up on The Mandalorian or on some of the other Disney Plus shows? We don't really know. So it's kind of hard to see. They're still sort of building the car. So it's kind of hard to see where the destination is going to be. Um, But yes, there, there is something about I think audiences want an answers. and They want answers and they don't necessarily want everything to be you know, uh, a tease for what's coming down the line. People want things to pay off. Yeah. Um, I think we're seeing that a lot with the MCU where, you know, they're teasing new characters and setting up future adventures and things. And it's like, well, no, you kind of need to actually tell a, a satisfying story that ends with a, with a satisfying conclusion. Um, so I'm anyway, that's a very long tangent to say that I'm very curious to see what happens with Ahsoka, whether we get officially get a season two announcement or whether it's going to be, you know, kind of continued in other mediums. And I feel like that's going to kind of color my perception of the show and kind of color my enjoyment of this show. Um, you know, because I said this last week as, as part one, as a season one, I think it's great. If it's a mini series, I don't think it's quite as successful. So I'm, I'm really curious to see kind of what they have up their sleeves. And, and we'll put a bow on all this. Cause I know we all have to get back to our day jobs, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but, but you all know that I was, because I feel like we're ending this being really negative about Ahsoka, but that's because only because of the way I structured the conversation. I had Lauren talking about the things yeah, she loved all, about. You just wanted me to end. complain. I did so, want you to complain, yeah. but I, but I will say this again. And it, I, I was super positive about this series. Yeah. Just until the finale for everything we've talked about, for all the reasons Devin just laid out. I just like it to me, it didn't complete itself as a self-satisfying season with a lot of forward momentum and movement and a full story to really bite your teeth on. What was the story? They yeah. went looking for Thrawn. They got there. He left. 
Like yeah. that's just ultimately while I they enjoyed, got Ezra home. Right. That's I like, enjoyed you know, the ride. You, I enjoyed the ride, but could, I did need a, a firmer destination at the end. That's just yeah. Me. I mean, and there were you get let me let me push back on that. Sorry, Lauren, no, I didn't okay. mean to cut you off. I wanted to push I wanted to push back on Dalton a little bit because I think you could make the argument that this was a it's it's just, if you look at it from a character's perspective, this is about Ahsoka learning to sort of like come to terms with um Anakin and her past and be able to sort of like shed that and move forward to the future. So I do do think we did see like actual character yeah. development in the show. It's a question of like, was that uh, on the plot side of things? I think we needed more, but I think on the character development, I think we do actually see this journey that she goes on from being like unsure whether she, you know, kind of wants to continue to, you know, she was very much wandering. She was this sort of like Ronin like character and she sort of reunites with her friends. But and that, decides that, that she wants that, to what was that? Was that I think that happened all in, in what was that episode four? Yeah, she met up with Anakin. What about five, six? Like, okay, she went through that experience. She grew as a result of it. And then we had two hours where she was static. Anyway, yeah. uh, uh, it's a good point, Devin. You're right. I was putting it in terms of like actual story plot. And plot, you said characters yeah. also be considered. It's a, it's a very good point. All right, Lauren, you want to weigh in before we get out of here? Gotta- yeah, I mean, and I, I know we ended on me being sort of negative, but there were moments when I, I, when, I was, when I was watching it and I'm like, and certain scenes where I'm like, I am enjoying this so much. Like, you know, and I was like, this might be fan service, but I'm enjoying this so much. Like, so there were moments in this season where I was really like, you know, I loved that Anakin episode. I watched it multiple times. There was, you know, that all the, the discussions between uh, Ezra and Sabine, when they're just sort of hanging out that, that scene with Ezra building his lightsaber and it makes it, it, he's building it to be the replica of Kanan's. I loved a lot of that stuff. I just feel like what I, I'm a little bit worried about sort of the greater Filoni verse is that they're kind of losing, uh, they're kind of losing the plot a little bit where it's like, I thought like the season two of the Mandalorian was really a well-balanced between the people who you know are just casual fans or just looking for an adventure versus the people who have been like long time like watch the animated shows and all that kind of stuff where it's like you know Bo-Katan comes in and you're like oh my god it's Bo-Katan but like I feel like they they were able to keep that balance really well in like the second season and I feel like the balance is starting to kind of get a little wobbly uh or, or a little off rather so I'm just kind of just a little bit concerned about you know the sort of MCUification of the sort of Star Wars uh, shows Wow, right Lauren now. taking yeah. down Marvel again right in front of Devin twice in <laughs> one know. pod. I've been, I've been really <laughs> aggravated with Marvel lately. And I've, I've never been like a huge Marvel person, but I've you know, okay. just been aggravated with them. Before we wrap, um, can I, I have one complaint that I didn't get to squeeze in last week that I will make it very brief and very short. And you guys have heard me complain about this um, offline, but I want to just say it for the record. Where is Sabine's loft cat? Who is <laughs> taking care of it? <laughs> Did she leave enough fancy feast? What did we? Clancy Brown. I'm just going to say Ryder's taking care of it. Somebody, you Did know. she just like leave him with like in a cat carrier on a note saying, bye, gone to another galaxy. Maybe, please feed maybe my cat. he's just somewhere in, uh, in Ahsoka's ship and we just haven't seen them. I need to know that the cat is okay. And I need, that's why I need Ahsoka season two. Uh, see, Lauren's got her, her love cat plush, plushy right here. It makes a noise. Oh, God, it, purrs? it purrs. I didn't know it purrs until my daughter took it and squeezed it. I was like, oh, it purrs. I didn't know that. So. Do, do you get like reward points for all the stuff you buy <laughs> no. on the Disney store? <laughs> no. There's no loyalty plan or no, anything? This, this is actually from Galaxy's Edge, I think. How much she spent on that? Oh, She's got a little butter. plushy uh, loathe cat that oh, this makes noises. like just noises. 20 bucks, something okay. like all that. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, fair enough. 
Anyway, just for the look I spend at, most of my money on Star Wars stuff. Yes, so you do. it's like yeah, that's food nice. and Star Wars things. Yes, so. you do. Sometimes mm-hmm. Star Wars foods. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've <laughs> got to get out of here. Uh, our thanks to our pal Lauren Morgan for joining us this week. And also our thanks to Sammy Junio for letting Lauren back on the show. Uh, you can follow Lauren <laughs> on, Sammy alone. on social media at Morglore. And just a reminder, you can leave us your thoughts about anything concerning Ahsoka or anything concerning what we said about Ahsoka. Uh, just leave us a message by Monday morning at 657-799-1566 to make it on to next week's show. Also, if you have just 30 seconds, we'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to follow, rate, and review the podcast. That would be awesome. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Kogan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Kogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.